Well, it's good to have you with us here this morning. We've got a number of people missing. We've got people out sick. Uh, y'all keep Trevor in prayer. He's uh, had to go to the ER doctor. Uh, they're trying to figure out what's wrong with him. He was diagnosed with the flu. Then some other things started going on. So April kept him home today and still trying to, I think they've got another appointment just a little bit later on with another ER doctor. He's got something else going on. So y'all keep Trevor in prayer. Uh, Janice, that usually sits over here, she's going to Tennessee to pick up her mom. Her mom is moving down here to live with her. So she's on a trip right now, so y'all pray for their safe uh, passage and everything on the way up there and on the way back. And uh, I talked with Pat Bramlett yesterday. She's doing a lot better. You know, she had the stroke. It was a verified stroke, and uh, she was having a lot of problems with her left hand. The, the stroke was on her left side, and uh, I was talking to her yesterday, and I, I spent quite a few bit of time with her. I probably spent a couple hours over here, the, I guess probably last week. But we had prayer and just a good conversation and just a, just a good visit. And we prayed while we was there. And during the meantime, before we left, she was already starting to get use of that hand. And I asked her yesterday, I said, how is the hand? She said, it's like nothing is wrong. I could, the doctor was so pleased. He said, you are really in very good shape for, you know, considering. And uh, so she was very proud and that uh, everything is going good. So uh, y'all keep that family in prayer that uh, she will continue to improve. And uh, so anyway, uh, we have, like I said, we've got a number of people out that's either gone or not here. I think Kashana and Hope are both sick. Uh, they, uh, Kashana and, and Grace though, went on a trip out to Possum Kingdom Lake over a few days and spent some time up there at a Christian camp. And uh, they got home. Well, Kashana was sick. I think Grace is all right, but then Hope got sick. So, I mean, she wasn't even with them. So anyway, y'all keep them in prayer. And... Uh, and just, I just want to say something. I told the band this morning that they really sounded good. They, you know, it makes a lot of difference when your heart's in it. When you love God, you just seem like more of you comes out. And I, I just, I, I told them how proud I was, how much I enjoyed it, and I, and I, I hope y'all are too. Because they are really trying. I mean, it's really sounding good. And uh, y'all keep praying for the church and for the band. And don't uh, tell them what will happen. You know, they sang that song when he reached down his hand. I just got to thinking and I, thinking back. There was a lady that was here for a while. She wants to come back. And I think they will. But she's been having to do a whole lot of work on Sunday. Uh, and... Uh, so anyway, Watkins, and, uh, I, I, huh? Glenda. Yeah, Glenda. Oh, but anyway, Glenda Watkins, she works for the Azel Hospital, and uh, she used to play with the keyboard, her and Renee. They were real good friends, and they played together, and uh, 
But she brought that song to us. I'd never heard it till they did it. I fell in love with that song. It's got such a message to it. And uh, I know when my time comes, that's a song that I want at my funeral. When he reached down his hand. And, uh, but so y'all just keep the church in prayer, keep our people in prayer. And uh, God's, you know, I just feel like there's still a lot of things that God wants to do. And we just have to let him do it and put faith in that God is going to take care of everything. And uh, I put together a message here. Uh, I was, I got up all here the other morning, one day last week, it was early. And I went in there and I got out my devotional. I was sitting there reading it and doing some studying on that. And But after I got through with that devotional, and that devotional happened to be on resisting fear. And then after I got through studying and reading that devotional, I turned on the TV for a minute. Well, the news was on. Well, that was a mistake right there to sit there and watch that. But that news was so depressing. I mean, it is so negative about everything that's going on. You know, right now we're living in a bad and we're living in a tough time. Many people are becoming very furious. You know, they got such a fear of what is happening all over the world. And if we will look what God's Word says... He says this is going to happen. He tells us it's going to happen. This world is going to change one day. It's in that process right now. We see everything going over there in Russia and the Ukraine, and uh, now he's beginning to threaten all the other countries around the Ukraine that is taking in uh, a lot of the refugees and different things like that. He's even threatening the whole nations. If y'all try to stop it or you try to do anything, I will come down on y'all like you ain't never seen. That's Putin over the whole world. So, you know, and they talk about a third world war in the Bible. And we are getting closer and closer to the end times. We know that just from reading God's word. And, uh, but you know, I got to thinking, this world, the news is filled with so much negative stuff and uncertainty and fear of the things happening. And uh, what God says about our future with him and what the world says is two different things. God says we have a future. We have a hope. Just read Jeremiah chapter 29, I mean Jeremiah 29 verse 11. I know the plans I have for you. God already knows the plans he has for us the things he wants us to accomplish, the things he wants us, he wants to do in our lives if we will just give him the opportunity and say yes to him and quit fighting him on things. You know, there's a number of times that, and I hate to say it, but I, there's been a number of times I felt like there was something I was supposed to do and I didn't do it. And, I, you know, it, it felt like, God, could you really be saying this? Because this is what you're really directing me to do. And then after a little while, 
I'd start seeing some things that, Lord, I see what you're talking If I would have done that, this wouldn't have took place. See, God directs us if we'll just listen. It's, many times we listen for a big, booming, loud voice. Don't do that. Well, that's not what it goes. It's a very small, calm, loving, tender, I love you. Now, this is what I want. And, we say, and it's so low, you have to listen. And that's what God wants. He wants our attention. He wants us to listen. He wants us to take our time with him. How many of us just run in, we got a prayer, we say, God, I need this and I need that. Thank you, see you later. A number, that's how we pray. But God wants us to come in and maybe sit down. Lord, I would just like to visit with you for a little bit. I just want to let you know how much I love you, how much I thank you for everything that you have done in my life, for you watching over my family, for you taking care of my finances, for Lord, for just everything you've done. I know I don't come to you like I should and thank you, but I want you to know I love you. You are my father, and I appreciate everything you do, and I want you to know this. We, we don't spend that kind of time. It's run in there, I need this, I need that, talk to you later, Lord, and we're gone. We don't even give God a time to talk to us. You know, God, if, prayer, if you'll... Prayer is really a two-way conversation, not a one-way. God wants to talk to you, too. So give him that opportunity and give him that time to talk to you, and maybe you'll see some things change in your life that you want. Why are things going like this? Well, why is this happening? Next, this is a different message here, but next week I've already, God's already given me what he wants me to do. I've already been working on it. Matter of fact, I just got through with it. And I, t I told them Wednesday night, the title of that message is Sometimes It Takes a Mountain. It takes a mountain in our life to make us realize what God's trying to tell us, what God's saying to us. Sometimes he puts that mountain in our life so we'll pay attention to what he's saying. We've got to get that mountain moved. You know, now the scripture says that we can speak to the mountain that looms up in our life. But if God puts the mountain there, God has to move the mountain. If it's God putting the mountain there. Because he's put the mountain there for a very special reason. He wants to get our attention. He wants us to understand I've tried to talk to you. I've tried to tell you things, but you won't listen. It's just like when the Israelites were disobedient and disobeyed God, and he kept telling them, he'd give them chance after chance after chance, and they wouldn't change. What did God do? He sent them into captivity. He punished them. God loved them, but he punished them. We probably had loving parents in our life, but when we messed up, they punished us. Why? Because they love us. It says in the Bible that God chastises those whom he loves. We're his children. He wants us to live a right life. He wants us to do the things that we're supposed to do. And sometimes it takes a mountain 
to put in our lives to make us realize and see, wait a minute, this is something from God. I need to listen. If I want this mountain removed, God's going to have to move this mountain. If it's a mountain that the enemy puts in there, just like the, just like the Scripture says, if you've got the faith that of a mustard seed, you can speak to this mountain, and that mountain must move. But when God puts it there, it's for a very special reason. God doesn't just come along and put mountains in a person's life. He's got a reason for putting them there. And we're going to learn from those mountains. We're going to learn that God is directing us, giving us direction, and we need to listen. But uh, getting back to what I want to do today, and it's, it's not going to take very long, but, uh, you know, I can see why so many people have fallen into fear. I have talked and seen and visited with people, and they'll, they'll admit it. Well, I am scared. I don't know what's happening. I don't know what's happening. And believe me, they are Christian folks. But they're letting fear take over. They're letting fear operate in their lives. Uh, you know, and that fear is because we have chosen to listen and to believe what the world is saying instead of listening to see what God is saying. We need to listen to what God is saying. I've just got a habit. Every day, every day, I read my Bible. Many times, every day, I'm downstairs in my office. I'm studying, I'm reading, I'm praying to see what God, what kind of sermon or what God wants me to bring. I don't want to just come up and just bring any sermon. Most of the sermons I bring, I feel like this is God is directing me maybe for, a very, for, for just maybe one person. One person could be going through something and they are needing the direction from God so bad. You know, I did that one time. I, I did a message one time at another church, and I felt like, Lord, this, I just don't, I don't know, this message to me just didn't seem like it was right. And before I got out of that church, I had this one, one lady come up to me and had tears. And she said, Brother Bill, you don't know how bad I needed to hear what you said. See, that message was for one person. That's how God loves us. Sometimes he will speak to you personally because he knows what you need. He knows what you need to hear and he is reassuring you, hey, everything's going to be okay. I did not know that this lady needed this. I had no idea. But when she said what she said, I just had to just, I had tears. And I had just had to, Lord, forgive me. I'm sorry that I doubted. I'm sorry that I felt like your word wasn't sufficient. It's just like saying, God, your grace isn't sufficient. When God tells us, my grace shall be sufficient for you for whatever you're going through. We have to remember that. When fear starts coming up on us, we have to start remembering, wait a minute, 
Who do I belong to? Who is my father? Who is my father? You know, when I said that, it, it just dawned on me just a real short little story, and I want to tell you to you right fast. There was this little boy, and he was flying by himself on an airplane. That airplane encountered a major turbulence up there. People screaming and hollering. This little boy sat there, coloring in his coloring book, not paying any attention. This man sat next to him, son, aren't you afraid? Little boy, no. He says, you're not afraid of the way everything is going and you're not afraid? He says, no. He says, could I ask you why you're not afraid? He says, sure. My father loves me. He's not going to let anything happen to me. He said, really? He said, your father? He said, yeah, he's the pilot. He's the pilot. He knows what he's doing. I've entrusted my life into my father's hands. That's what we got to do. This little boy wasn't scared at all. This is really supposed to be a true story. I don't know if it is, but that's the way it was presented, that a true story. That this little boy went through that because he knew who was flying that plane, and he knew that his father wouldn't let anything happen to him. We have to realize God is our father, God is watching over us, and he is protecting us. So when, when fear starts coming into your life, remember, who is the pilot in your life? Who is the pilot? Who's flying your plane? He wants to protect you. He's going to take care of you. You know, when we start believing what the world says over the promises of God, then it's easy to get into fear. When you start believing what the world says and not listening to what God says, you're going to get into fear. Uh, here in Isaiah, ch chapter 26, verse 3, I've changed it up just a hair. He'll put it up here. But I mean, I hadn't changed it up where it's not God's word. I simply put down here, God, I think in the verse it says you, but God, that's who he's talking about, you. God will keep him in perfect peace, his child, whose mind is stayed on God because you trust in him. He'll keep you in perfect peace. When you start going through things, first thing you need to do is start talking to the pilot of your life. Let him know. Father, I'm a little getting a little nervous. Lord, but I know what your word says. You said you would never leave me, you'd never forsake me, but you would always be right here with me. Lord, I know you love me. And then sometimes I'd have to think, well, how much more do we need to tell God? If you can already tell God you know he loves you, you know he's going to take care of you. That ought to be it right there. Put your faith and put your trust in God and not in the world and what the world is telling you. You know, it says God will keep him in perfect peace. Perfect peace. Whose mind is stayed or whose mind is kept on God and God's word. You know, and maybe we can look at this and say, Ask ourselves, do I have peace in my life today? Do I have that peace that I need? Do I have that peace that Jesus promised me? Do I have that peace that passes all understanding? Jesus said, I will give you peace that passes all understanding, not as what the world gives you, but that I give you. Have you ever had that peace? 
where you just knew that you knew that you knew that God's hand was on you and he was directing you and he was putting that peace in your heart. There wasn't no need for you to worry. There wasn't no need for you to have fear. There wasn't no need for you to even think about anything that was coming against you because God wasn't going to let it happen. When you have that kind of peace, it's just such a peace. That's it. That's that peace that passed on. God, I don't understand it, but thank you for that peace. Thank you, Lord, for what I'm feeling. Thank you, Lord, that I know that I know that you are walking with me. And sometimes God does that. He lets you know. He sees your heart. He knows you love him, but he also wants you to know for sure, I am with you. Do not fear. I am with you. You know, I've probably told you all this before, but in the Bible, I do not fear or do not be afraid or so forth. That is in the Bible in the New Testament 365 times. One, one time for every day of the year. He's with you. Do not fear. Do not be afraid. Do not worry. We have to realize God has put his word down for us to put in our hearts to carry with us. When we read a Bible, when we read God's word, sometimes there's going to be something in there that's just going to jump out at you. You're going to say, hey, I've read this before. But wait a minute. I didn't, I've never seen it like this. I've never read it like I've missed something. But God is showing you something brand new. What does God's word say? He said, for if you shall call upon me, I shall show you new things that you have never seen before. That's what God wants to do. He wants to show us new things, new things that he's doing in our lives, new things. And uh, But we don't need to have fear in our hearts and worried about what's happening in this world today. See, God already knows everything that's happened. And a lot of it is plans that God has already put in place. We, need, we do need to be concerned about some things, but not fearful. We need to trust God. You know, Satan will do everything he can to pull us away from God. And, uh, but God tells us something in his word. He tells us, be strong. Be courageous, stay in my word, and choose faith in God over fear. You know, this be strong and be courageous. This is what God told Joshua. When Moses died, Joshua was put in charge. He, was, he took Moses' place. Moses was, was nervous. He was worried. You can blame him. Hey, he wants me to take Moses' place. He wants me to do what Moses did. God says, if you will be obedient to my word and walk with me as Moses walked with me, no man shall ever be able to stand before you that is against me, that comes against my people. And then he told him something. Four different times in that first chapter, God told Moses, be strong, be courageous, and don't fear. He told him that. 
in the very first chapter, I said four times, he told him that in, in uh, verse 6, verse 7, verse 9, and verse 18. Be strong. Be courageous. Put your faith in me, and I will walk with you as I walked with Moses. You want God walking with you like he walked with Moses? You want God's protection? You want God's hand? God can relieve us of that fear. He can give us that peace, like I said a while ago, that passes all understanding. You know, during these trying times we're living in, we're faced daily with the temptation to be afraid. There's always something out there that we could be afraid of. The enemy will use uncertainty or use adversity to try and make us be fearful in our life. And when we're fearful, we're taking our faith away from God. When we become afraid, that means, wait a minute, I'm afraid. It's what were you saying? God, I'm not trusting you anymore. Being without fear is trusting God. Being without fear is trusting God. Uh, Satan will come against us in our faith and every opportunity he can get because he wants to separate us from God. 1 Peter 5.8. You've probably read this I don't know how many times. But this is what Peter is telling us. And he says, be on guard, be alert. But here it says, First uh, Peter 5, 8 tells us, be sober, in other words, be alert, and to be vigilant. Be on guard, look around, know what's happening. Guard, be, and, and be on guard, Go, because your adversary, the devil, is as a roaring lion walking about seeking whom he may devour. He is always looking for someone to attack. Always. That's his job. That's what he does. You know, we say it a lot, but John 10, 10. This was Jesus that quoted this. He said, for the devil only comes but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That's his job. To kill, to steal, and to destroy. But he said, I have come that you may have an abundant life and have it in an abundance. He's telling you right away, why Satan come and why he came. <clears throat> you know, Satan is always on the prowl. He's trying to destroy our faith. He's trying to destroy our relationship with God. And he'll use fear and doubt to do it. He, Satan will try to put fear and doubt into your life. You know, I don't know if you've ever thought about it or not, or whether you realize it or not, but fear is nothing but an evil spirit that is used by the, by the enemy. Fear is an evil spirit. Fear is a spirit. You say, what do you mean a spirit? I thought it was a thing. That, no, it's a spirit. I'm going to show you. Here in God's Word in 2 Timothy 1.7, For God has not given us a spirit of fear. God's telling us fear is a spirit. I have not given you the spirit of fear. That didn't come from me. Where did it come from? It come from the enemy. It come from Satan. Satan is trying to put that fear in you so he can discourage you and bring fear into your life. But God said, I didn't give it to you. He says, what I gave you was power and love and a sound mind. I didn't give you fear. Fear does not come from God. That comes from the enemy to try to turn you from God. 
So just remember that. Spirit is, is, is a... Fear is nothing but an evil, evil spirit from the enemy that he uses to threaten you to get you to turn from God. And you know, we as a believer are not meant to live a life of fear. God didn't mean for us to live in fear. He meant for us to have a joyous and a beautiful life, a life of abundance. God has called us, <coughs> excuse me, God has called us to be strong and courageous and to trust in Him and to resist the temptations of the enemy and not to fear. We are not to fear. We're, fear, let me put it like this, fear is the opposite of faith. Fear is the opposite of faith. Faith can do away with fear, but fear can do away with your faith. Depends on which you let win. You have to let the faith of God win in your life and it will destroy the fear that comes against you. When we give in to fear, what happens when you start giving in to fear and you start kind of doubting God? You're not, well, God, I don't know. I'm, I'm really getting nervous about this. I, it means you're not trusting God. When we give in to fear, we are inviting the enemy into our life. You're saying, bring it on, Satan. I need that fear. That's not. That's not what we need. That's not what we need. Job made that mistake. I want to show you something here. In Job chapter 3, verse 25, look at what Job says. And it happened to him. Job said, for the thing I greatly feared has come upon me. And what I dreaded has happened to me. He allowed fear to come upon him. And Satan knew what that fear was. Satan knew what the fear was. What was Job's fear? Have you ever just thought about that? What was Job's fear? What was Job so fearful of that he's so afraid that it would come up on him? See, Job knew that God had allowed Satan into his life. And Job's fear was that he had done something to displease God, for God to let that fear come up on him. But that wasn't it at all. God was proud of Job. He lifted Job up. He said, have you ever thought about my man Job? I'm going to give you a chance to prove. You know, Satan told Jesus, said, well, yeah, I can't do nothing to him. You've got your hedge of protection around him. Jesus said, I'll take my hedge of protection around him. I'm going to let you have your way with him. You, but you can not kill him. And everything that Satan did to Job, Job never went against God. Job's wife, even when Job was sick and he had all these sores over him, he was in great pain. What did his wife tell him? He said, Why don't you just curse God and die? Job would never say anything against his God. Job knew in his heart that he was going to come out of this. And it said that Job, after everything was over, that, that, that God blessed Job so much for his faithfulness that he gave him twice as much as he ever had. 
twice as much. And Job was very, very wealthy. But he gave him a whole new family. His kids, from what you read in the Bible, were pretty rambunctious, didn't believe in God, didn't do much of nothing. But the kids were taken, all of his livestock, everything. But Job's faith remained in God. And then over there at the Bible, it says that God blessed Job with twice as much as he ever had because of Job's faith and trust in God. We need to have the faith of Job. We need to trust God and believe in him. You know, it's just like faith brings God into our situation. Fear opens the door for Satan. It opens the door for Satan to come into our situation. Just like when Job feared, it's like he unlocked the door, opened the door, and Satan comes in. And when Job holds your faith, God, he doesn't let it in the door. He doesn't let fear come in. You know, Jesus said in 14.1, Let not your hearts be troubled or fearful. You believe in God, believe also in me. In other words, he's saying, if you trust in God, trust in me. What I've told you is the absolute truth. He was telling them about all the mansions in heaven, how he was going to go prepare a place for them. And if he was going to go prepare a place for them, he would come and get them and take them where he was also. He said, if you believe in God, believe also in me. There's a lot of trouble in many people's hearts today simply because of fear and of what will happen in the future. They're trying to figure out, what's this future going to bring? Well, our future is up to us if we believe Jesus. What did Jesus say? Jesus said, do not let your hearts be troubled or do not let your hearts fear. I'm in charge. I'm watching over you. Trust me. Trust me. Jesus is telling us to not let the fear of Satan's lies take control of you. Everything that Satan says is a lie. Satan cannot tell the truth. He cannot tell you the truth. And he will never will because he can't. Matter of fact, Jesus said, For he is the father of all lies and the truth is not in him. So everything Satan says is a lie. But if you place your faith in God's word, put his, his, your faith into your heart, believing in God, see, what did it say? It said, he will keep you in perfect peace. It's trusting in God, believing in God, no matter what you see or what the world throws at you, you say, I'm putting my faith in God. When we do this, it's just like when God says, for I will never leave you, I will never forsake you. I will always be with you. I will not leave you as orphans. See, I'm not going to go off and leave you. What was Jesus telling us? He said, I am going to the Father who is in heaven. But I am praying, and the Father will send you another helper. Who? The Holy Spirit. And that Holy Spirit is living inside of you right now, walking with you, teaching you, comforting you, if you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. 
Once we accept Jesus, that spirit automatically comes into your life. Walks with you, advises you, comforts you. And I told you all this once before, and it's true. The, the Holy Spirit will never, ever convict you. I mean, excuse me, he will never, ever condemn you. He will convict you into the things you've said or the things you've done so that you'll repent. He will remind you, whoa, you just made a mistake there. You went against God's word. But he reminds us. He said, I will remind you of the things that Christ has said. And the, but the only way you're going to know what Christ has said is to read them in the Bible and get them into your heart and into your spirit. And he will bring that up, and he will remind you. And when the enemy comes against you, just like Jesus in the desert, whenever he tried to get him to turn the rocks in, into bread, what did Jesus tell him? Man shall not live by bread alone, but he shall live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. He was saying, I only serve God. And he said, at that point, Satan turned around and left him. So when Satan comes against you, do like John, I mean, excuse me, like Jesus did. Use the word of God and Satan will leave. Now, he will come back, but he will leave for a time. So when fear starts rising up and you start being afraid, just remember where fear comes from, who has it, and who's giving it to you. It's not God. You have the power over fear. You have the power over fear because you have Christ in you. If you're here today, maybe you've been going through some things. Maybe you need to come up to the altar. Maybe, maybe you need to just ask God. Say, Lord, I've got some problems and I want to talk to you a minute. He's here today to listen to you talk to him and what you, what you, what you need. He knows what you need, but he's, he's like our father. Our Father still wants us to come to Him. Sit down with Him, put our arms around Him, and tell Him how much you love Him and what you need. He wants that relationship. He wants that visitation time from you. He wants your presence. He wants your relationship. See, it's not about religion. It's about relationship. God is Father. We are children. And that's what God wants, is that father-child relationship. He wants our trust in him. When my daughter was very young, when we was living, we had like a propane tank out back of the house. And she was standing up on that. You know, it's pretty high off the ground, but I was standing over there. And I just looked over there, and I held my arms out, and I said, Jump. She did not hesitate. She flew off that into my arms. Weren't you afraid? No. Because my daddy said he'd catch me. God says, jump, I'll catch you. Put your faith in God. Put your faith in God. That's what he wants. And when God sees that faith, that's what, that's what puts God in action on your behalf. Look at that faith. What did Jesus say when, whenever he would heal somebody? He said, go and let it be according to your faith. If you believe I've done it, you're healed. 
Do you believe God can touch you today? Do you believe God can relieve any fear that you have? Do you believe that God can take away anything that's making you uncomfortable in your life today? He can. All you got to do is trust him and let him do it. I'm going to ask the band to come up. And in a minute, as soon as we're through here, we're going to do communion. Today's the first Sunday of the month, and I always try to do that communion on the first Sunday. And, uh, but I'm going to give you the chance, if you need to, to come down to the altar and have your time with God. Then we will do the communion. So if you're here today and you need to talk with God or just pray, whatever, if you want to come to the altar, it's open. If you want me to pray with you and anoint you with oil, I'll be glad to do that. But God wants your presence. He wants you with him.